Welcome to the first episode of Beyond the Rivalry. My name is Peter Knapp, and my co-host is Jake Scafidi. Our podcast name stems from one of the oldest rivalries in sports, New York versus Boston sports. Well, Pete, let me tell you, it's not much of a rivalry anymore. Boston's got, what, six titles in the past 10 years, and I think your New York guys got one. Yeah. All right, Pete? All right, all right. That's a conversation for a different time, but uh, I know you haven't thought too much football since Tom, but uh, you heard about the six NFL teams planning on reopening for the season at limited capacity? Yeah, honestly, I actually heard about that. It's crazy. What do you think about fans being back at stadiums for the upcoming season? I mean, I feel like it's all on all of our minds right now. Like, we obviously want to be there. There's the diehard fans that want to attend these games. So eventually, yes, we will be able to get back, but right now, no. The safety aspect just outweighs the money in our current situation. And as a nation, we just should not be risking any more people's lives. And as we look at it from the athlete's standpoint, they're already risking their chances of getting the virus from playing against each other. With fans coming in, we don't know what kind of precautionary measures they've been following on their own prior to the games. So this poses even more exposure to the athletes and the staff that have to be running the stadium and the different venues. And we've also heard so many players are opting out. There's just a lot of concerns with safety and family issues. So if we let fans back in, wouldn't we see more players opting out? I just don't think right now is a good time, especially when we have the bubble at our disposable. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I feel like a lot of people in sport media are kind of discounting the fact that players, like you said, are risking their lives. And it's kind of just a preconceived notion that players would be completely fine with it as they're spending time away from their family, risking themselves and their careers just to play in front of fans. But, I mean, on the flip side, do you think it can be controlled the way that public places are now? I mean, if we can go down to the drought horse and watch the the Eagles play, do you think that we should be able to go into a stadium too, barring that we're able to protect all the athletes? I don't know about that. Yeah, let me let me let me give you some facts about what's going on in grocery stores all over the country. So you have one-way walkways so that airflow and everything like that is going in one direction. People aren't deviating from that. So it's going to keep people as far away from each other as possible. Football stadiums, football in particular, all stadiums, they're huge. You're telling me that we can't have socially distant seating? in stadiums with 80,000-plus seats in them. You could skip rows, sections, and things like that. I was actually listening to another podcast, and Mark Cuban had the idea of putting families together because around our families, we're not all socially distancing. So if you put those families together, what's to say that you can't go watch, watch the game with your family? And then it brings up, what happens when you leave? This is going more towards your point. So, for example, one of the teams that NFL teams that are looking to reopen with fans are the Giants. Being a Jets fan, I've been to MetLife numerous times. So, at full capacity, they have 82,500 fans that can be in that stadium. Even if it was 20%, there would be 16,500 fans in the stadium. 
how are you going to control a parking lot? You're going to valet, you're going to valet park every single person's car. As soon as you get out into that parking lot, it's going to be like all bets are off. And then it keeps on bringing up more problems. Like can food be served? If people are going to keep walking up and down the aisle, how effective is that going to be? Even something as simple as going to the bathroom. I don't know. It just seems like there's a lot of different factors that play into it. Yeah. I mean, I really don't know if we can put all the trust into the fans, especially with so many different lives that, stake but another question is how are the tickets going to be distributed will we sell it to the highest bidder are they going to do the season ticket holders the ones that have been there longer will get the advantage or what yeah i'm not really sure my dad recently and even though he's a cowboys fan figured he'd see your boy tom brady play so he bought buck season tickets for the first time this year and me and him were having a phone conversation the other day like does he deserve those tickets because he bought them this year or his next door neighbor who's been season ticket holders for 40 years, should they get the tickets? I mean, it's a tough question. It really is. Yeah. I mean, these sports are just going to have a lot, a lot to deal with a lot of answers. They're going to have to figure out, but again, like what is the point of risking it when we have, we've seen the NBA, the WNBA, the NHL, they all have these bubbles. And they seem to be working perfectly fine. The fans, they're still being enhanced with the different visuals around the stadium. The players, I mean, they seem to be playing at great levels of talent. We've seen some great playoff games so far. So our sports bubbles, they're the best option right now. Like, why would we go away from that? Why is there so much push to get these fans back in the stadium? So, yeah, I definitely see your point there. And I totally agree. They've been running the playoffs for the three sports you just mentioned very well but if you look at an active nba wnba roster they are 17 members of each just the team that's not including staff trainers man everybody everything that goes into putting out a team you're gonna have 40 to 50 people each team for a sport that only has 17 on their roster football teams baseball teams even soccer you're gonna have 100 plus people per team so, in my opinion, bubbles can't last forever. Obviously, once we kind of get out of the situation, the bubbles will be a thing of the past. But the NBA and WNBA right now, they're at Disney. I believe the NHL is in, you said Toronto? Toronto, yep. So, I mean, how many different campuses like Disney are there in the world? Yeah. It's going to be tough to find. Definitely be tough. But as we know, the big issue is money. These, at the end of the day, sports is still a business. So will these leagues be able to survive through the money cut? On, on one side, I think the logical side would be teams need to worry more about the safety of the fans and the players and their staff than putting money in front. But on the flip side, like we've, we've always seen, money talks. And at the end of the day, it's a business. So the business owners will do as they please and do whatever they believe will bring in the most money for their company. I think there will be there will be a split. There will be some owners that will think about the safety first, but I don't really think that accounts for all the owners in the major sports. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one interesting thing to consider, too, is if you look at the demographics of most, most teams across all major sports, most teams operate at a loss. So I'm not really sure how some of these teams will be able to survive being that they're going to get, they're going to lose a large portion of their profits because 
if the whole stadium is shut down, where's all that money coming from? Concessions, jersey sales, all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting to see the path that they take. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, very interesting to see what path the sports take. But um, if we look at colleges at all, for an example, we'll see how bad the COVID cases are still going up. They're still increasing. Um, at the U- University of North Carolina, they went back for just a week of school before having to close down due to the outbreaks. And they're not alone. There's more schools that have been following their lead because outbreaks are occurring just about everywhere. They just tried to start back normally. And I'm going to stress this again. I do not think we can put the trust into the fans, even as much as we want to. And we want to get fans back out here for the players and just for the fun of sport. We have to follow all the precautionary measures until our nation has COVID under control. Yeah. I mean, even with people starting to go back to work and especially like you mentioned, students going back to school, another spike is inevitable. A few hours ago, I got a notification saying that in the city of Philadelphia today, there were 88 new cases of COVID. So, I mean, there are also a lot of other ways that stadiums can make money without having fans in attendance. Have you seen those posters that they display on the seats at MLB games? Yeah, they're honestly great. I mean, the best ones, can't go wrong with dogs. I know, right? My next-door neighbor spent $200 to have her two poodles sitting next to each other in seats at City Field, only for Pete Alonso to hit a foul ball straight into one of them and it cracked it right in half. It was pretty that's, cool. That's but I awesome. Mean... That's awesome. That is awesome. But to going back to it, if, if money really is the real concern, I think that they can find other ways around it. Like you said, with the fans already in the seats through posters and virtual fans, they can – be making money off of that or they could be having raffles that people would be getting featured on the jumbotron and during games during like stoppages and timeouts i just think there's there's a lot more ways that sports can go about this without just having fans come right back into the stadium but um, yeah so thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of beyond the rivalry i'm jake i'm peter have a fantastic night